created live on Fireside. Welcome, I'm Lori Lee Binstock, and this is a Trauma Survivor Thrivers Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me live on Fireside Chat, where you can be a part of the conversation as my virtual audience. I am your host, Lori Lee Binstock. Everyone has an opportunity to ask me or our guest questions by requesting to hop on stage or sending a message in the chat box box I will try to get to, but I do ask that everybody be respectful. Today's guest is Keisha Chanel, an abundant life coach specializing in trauma recovery. She's a co-author of the best-selling Amazon book, Cry, Forgive, Learn, Move On, and the author of the upcoming book, I Feel Better Already. Keisha, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, Keisha, did I lose you? Let's try to get you back on stage. Hi, Keisha. Hello? How are you? Hi. Can you hear me? I'm so sorry. Thank you so much. <laughs> no worries. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi. Hi. Well, I did want to ask, uh, first off, uh, what is an abundant life coach? Well, an abundant life coach is a coach that helps you look at life from an abundant perspective. A lot of times, particularly as trauma survivors, we see through life through a lens of pain and hurt and fear. And as an abundant life coach, you look at everything abundantly, how you work, how you live, how you play, how you love, how you spend money, everything from a place of abundance, of happiness, of joy, of hope. And that's an abundant life coach. Um, so you work with yeah, so you work with people that way. You know, it's funny because, you know, I feel like if you, uh, and I think, I, I mean, I've read the book, The Secret and all of that stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I looked at my children one day and I was like, I pulled a glass of water on the table just to be silly. Um, and I was just like, so is this glass half full or half empty? And they looked at me like I'm crazy. Um, but I feel like everything, the way you look at everything really is dependent Um on, on how you, how you, your mood, how you feel, how you go about the day. And I think when you look at life with abundancy, that really, really changes your perspective on things. Um, and so I, I feel like that that's amazing. So I'm just curious, like, so what are the things that you like work with just kind of helping people see the abundancy and in, in everything, even in, in what others would think would be negative experiences? Yes, because uh, and that's um, pretty much actually what my book is about. The um, my book is called "I Feel Better Already," and it's a journey for for self acceptance and self confidence. And with anything, it's first about acceptance. So if you're going through this thing and you think that it's a negative thing, like let's say you lose your job or you have a bad breakup. You think that it is the end of the world or even me struggling to get on here at first was just like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? With <laughs> and so it's just like I could perceive that as because I started the um, our podcast out negatively. I could see that you would think of me as negative or the audience that would hear this would think it of me as negative. And I would see it from that mindset. mindset. Mm -hmm. But from an abundant perspective, it's just like, no, I know that I did the best that I could. And from here on, I'm going forward to think about great things to come. This is going to bless people. I'm doing a fantastic job. I'm doing the best that I can. And just taking everything from a place of acceptance and going forward only in that area. And if it's a breakup, 
it's so de debilitating. It's like the worst thing ever. I was in love with this person. I don't see my life without this person. But in this moment, I did the very best that I could. If you can say that, you, that that's part of it. It's like, you know, you have to own your shit. You have to own mm -hmm. whether you are doing the very best that you can. Because some place, sometimes we're not. Sometimes, right. as, particularly as trauma survivors, we are just freaking surviving. And sometimes we hurt people, hurt people, hurt people. And that's not just something that you hear on the internet. It is the freaking <laughs> truth. And that is. is, yeah, and it is. And so it is like, if you can say that I'm doing the best that I can in this moment, you can see it from the place of abundance. Well, you can start to see it from a place of abundance. No one sees pain instantly from a place of abundance. It, it hurts and it's just a reality. But with help, with coaching and with, with the right kind of mindset, you can go forward knowing that you did. So that's what, um, those are the kind of things that I work with. Changing your perspective, changing your mindset, changing and not changing what the past was because we can't do anything about the past, but accepting it. And realizing that it had to happen the way that it did, or it didn't have to happen the way that it did. Sometimes it's your own actions that do that. But accepting where you are and choosing to go forward with grace and with hope. I love that. And, you know, I, I agree. You know, as a trauma survivor, I was really living life like, oh, what's the next bad thing that's going to happen, right? Just expecting mm -hmm. so many negative things like, oh, this is just my life. And I accepted that my life's just not, you know internally great like I feel like from the outside I, you know I have wonderful children I have a great husband um mm -hmm. and I was just like just negative and nobody understood why I was so negative another point was because I never talked about any of my traumas until recently but it, it really does matter really your perspective it, it really makes me think of yesterday you know I make dinner my children are like I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want to eat that. And so I've tried every, when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, think about like, I'm really excited to try this food. And most of the time, probably like 90% of the time when I make my children like get really excited about the food, even though they really aren't interested, but have them say it, they actually eat the food. <laughs> and so it really is your perspective. And it's, I, I love proving that to my children. You know, there are times I have to prove it to myself as well, that yeah. it is just a mindset that I just, I need to switch gears. Um, I want to go into you, you know, like you mentioned, you know, you and I are both survivors of sexual abuse. Uh, you wrote a very poignant uh, article for Authentic Insider, July 2021. Um, I remember reading it and just my heart was just aching. But, you know, you were abused by a babysitter. And this mm -hmm. is frightening because many of us parents trust others to watch our children. And when we have a good relationship with the the babysitter in their family, you know, this makes it harder to kind of spot. Did that make it harder for you to say something? It made it harder. I don't think it was necessarily the fact that he was a babysitter that made it harder for me to say something. It made it harder for me to say something because of the words that he used and my mindset at the time. He was like, a, you know, pretty much I had a lot of interaction with him, a lot of interaction with him. And he told me that nobody would believe me. He told me not to say anything. He told me these things repeatedly. And he also told me that it because he was like my because he was my babysitter and I was an only child. It was at that time. It was just like 
he told me that if he didn't, if I didn't allow him to do these things to me, that he wouldn't play with me. So it was either that or be alone. And being alone for me was very hard. And they, they had abandonment room, even mm. though I was only five, just the thought of it. It was just like, but I'm enjoying our playtime and what, what? And so it was just like the words that he used just struck so much fear in me at five. And so it wasn't so much, the, you know, the fact that he was a babysitter, I was afraid. It was more so what I was going to lose, our, our times that I, I did treasure. Because there were some times that he was fantastic. And I wrote about that in the, um, mm. in, in the book. And But there were other times that he was not. And so, but those times that were not were horrific. But then I also remember the times that he was great and he told me that I was beautiful and stuff like that. So it was more so I was just afraid of what I was going to lose. And so, it, but it, it changed my mindset about, about me as a person and what I could expect from life that I couldn't expect to use my voice. And so it was just like a crippling of my voice at that age. Wow. So you were five. How old was this, this babysitter? Oh, I, I don't know. I, uh, he was a grown man. It was my mother, my mother's boyfriend. So it was like, um, well, like thirty. I have no idea his age. You know, it, it's it's interesting because you know, yeah, I've I've spoken to some people, um, to an expert who discussed um, sibling sexual abuse and how you know it's mostly like older children who are watching younger children. How that can be. Um, that, that there can be signs there. What what were you demonstrating um, when the abuse was happening? Were you what kind of coping mechanisms were you were you showing? And was there anything that anyone else could have spotted if they knew, or if they to really, you know, from your perspective now. From my perspective now, I think it was more so the <clears throat> shutting down and isolating. I remember an incident when we were at the table together and it was him, my father and my mother. And I, I just went mute and I remember it so distinctly. And they kept saying, what's wrong? And I just said nothing. And I kept saying nothing. And, and it was like, and I had an opportunity to, to say something, but at the time, but my voice, I felt my, my voice was crippled and I couldn't, my voice didn't matter. And so I would think a sign, but, and it depends on the child because I was an only child at the time. It was just like, you didn't always expect me to be jubilant and joyful, you know, but if you, if you know the child is like all of a sudden isolating, all of a sudden, very, very sad and solemn, all of a sudden a completely different change of personality that I think that would be a sign. And I think it depends on the age too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. And like we talked about, you co-authored, you know, this very successful book, cry, forgive, learn, move on. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I do want to talk about your upcoming book. I, I feel better already, but I, I want to ask, how did mm -hmm. you with this person, with the, your abuser, you know, how did you forgive and move on? That has taken a lifetime, to be honest with you. <laughs> and I actually, I think I do talk about that in my current book because and I talk about it particularly because, and particularly as trauma survivors, we, trauma survivors that want to heal, I'll say that because the first step of being a trauma survivor, you want to stay in your shit. You want to stay mm -hmm. in your thing because that's. Oh, Keisha? 
And Keisha, I think you dropped off for a second. Did you hear me? Oh, I hear you now. Yes. Okay, great. So I was saying that um, you just feel like you can't get any better. You just don't want to hurt any more than you're hurting now. It's a place of fear and survival. And that's the only way that you are. And the only with, you know, the only thing that you feel at the moment. But then when you get to a place of wanting to improve, you want to grow, when you want to move on, there are so many different things that you can seek out. And one and there's and there, I know in our the trauma survivors, um, different stuff on Instagram you see, there's one thing that says you have to forgive the person, another one that says you don't have to forgive the person. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gone through both things. I've gone through both things, not only with my molester, but also with different people that have hurt me in my life. And so it's just like, but for me, in my perspective, and that's what I always talk about is my perspective, because I've had that place where it was just like anger and holding on to this bitterness and oh, I'll never forgive them. Mm-hmm. And I was stuck in that place and that, you know, not forgiving him affected my marriage. It affected my parenting, it affected, you know, how I saw myself that I never saw that man again after my mother and him broke up. I never saw him again, but it affected my life for so long. So for me, I had to forgive him. And so for me, the different things that I used, I'd use different. um, I've been in therapy and in coaching circles for years, about 25 years at least. And one of the first things that I've done was um, uh, it was a retreat that I went on and they had me go through this exercise of of a man pretending to be my molester and him like the worst case scenario that he would say some awful things about me and um, me having to forgive him, even though it caused so much different pain. I've had, I've gone through uh, different um, like ceremonies, like not necessarily ceremony, but just kind of visualizing, visualizing myself with God being there with me comforting me in the in the instance and just you know, letting God reassure me that I'm still a wonderful and beautiful person and human being that he cared for me after the abuse. He cared for me before the abuse and he's going to continue to care for me. I've gone through EMDR, mm-hmm. which is a process in, in therapy where they um, put like electromagnet things and you work with, with sight and sound and they take you back to the memory and taking you back to that most painful part and help you live through that and experience, um, come out with a different expectation from it and kind of reframe your mind with it. I've gone through um, different coaching things where you have to reframe the things that you're saying negative about yourself. You know, so it was just like countless things that I've done for forgiving this man. But what I've learned in the, each time, because I've gone through things where I've gone through all these different procedures and, and techniques, I would say, well, why? Why is there still forgiveness? Why do I still have this thing? Because there are levels to it. Like after you heal from one thing, there's one more thing to heal from. And that's one thing that I want to reassure people as trauma survivors that, you know, because sometimes we'll think, but I've done this and I've done this and I've done therapy. And it's just like it's an ongoing thing, particularly if if you if the the survivor was as young as I was, I was five and now I'm 50. So it's just like for 45 years, I've lived with this thought of I'm less than this person. I've lived with this thought that my voice didn't matter. So the longer you live with the trauma, the longer that it takes to to be diligent with it. And it's not like you say, you know, you give up, even though you feel like you want to give up. 
Mm-hmm. But you have to stay consistent in the in the effort and knowing and recognizing how far you've come if you've decided to go further. But also recognizing that if you decide to sit in that hurt and sit in that pain and that's the best that you can do, that's okay too, because that's there's some reality in that stuff. And it takes a long time before you can, you know, get that strength and courage and support to get up. Sometimes it just takes a little time and it's okay. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting, you know, the longer it takes, the longer you've lived with the trauma, um, the more work it takes. And I think a lot of that is you, you're dealing with post-traumatic stress and then you deal with coping mechanisms. If Mm -hmm. you have, if you're not healing, the coping mechanisms aren't necessarily, um, helpful to your healing you know for me it was it was drugs it was alcohol it was you know it was sex it was anything that would pretty much cause more trauma so then it's like then you 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 start creating like a complex trauma um disorder and so again that's that's more to kind of live with and more that you have to heal Mm -hmm. so You talk about your upcoming book, which is coming out March 3rd. I feel better Mm -hmm. already. Congratulations. So what what made you want to move into writing your book on your own? Me. Uh, And this book has been two years plus in the making. And it was, uh, my book was given to me by God, like I was going through a fast. And I, uh, and, and every morning I woke up and opened the book of the Bible, oh, just opened up some pages of the Bible. And he um, and I would read the pages and I would just write down journaling what the pages meant to me. And it was just like, oh, and I did this for about 45 days. Well, I did it. The fast was for 30 days, but then I just mm. kept doing it. And then, you know, my coach was just like, oh, you guys should just think about writing the book. And I was just like, wow, you know, I have 30 days of things that God gave me. And I was just like, you know, I think I should do this. But during the ups and downs of of, of COVID and life stuff, life just life in, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was like, I'll just put it on the back burner and put it on the back burner. And just did, when different things popped up, it was just like, wait a minute, I've written about that before. And so it was just like, I need to get this put out. I need to get this put out. And so like now it's like, it's an absolute it's, it's an absolute. And the funny thing is like so many different things that I've talked about, you know, when I said life is life and I mm-hmm. talk about these things in my book. And it's so funny that, you know, in preparation for, for marketing and talking about it, it's just like, I've talked about that already. Mm-hmm. I just have to do it. So it's just, it's just wonderful. And, and because I talk about, and, and even like the things that we've talked about today, forgiving the, um, the man that molested us. If the trauma survivor is from uh, a, a breakup, I talk about the the toxic relationship that I had with my ex-husband, like my uh, toxic attachment to him. It was more so my like addiction to him. It was like, I couldn't do anything without this man because, you know, the man before him just molested me and had me thinking my voice didn't matter. Me owning my voice and all these different things in life that I had to apply my feel better formula to get better. And so it was just like, I already have so much stuff <laughs> that I can apply to my own life and to help people to apply to theirs, especially now with times of suicide and violence and, and war and and people just freaking hurting, breakups and just just again, people just freaking hurting. 
my book yeah. can really, really help. And it just is this feels really amazing. And it feels like a like a light. It's really like <laughs> woo woo, but it really, really does. You know, it's just like God show me my why. Cause it's like sometimes you'll um just kind of think, why am I doing something? You know, they say you have to have a strong why. And God showed me that my why is because everybody in my life that has hurt me. He showed me each individual person that I, you know, that I felt like from my perspective, they hurt me. They were doing the very best that they could. Even the man that molested me, he was doing the very best that he could. I have no idea why he thought, you know, he wanted to use a child as a sex toy, but he had something going on and he was doing the very best that he could. And so everybody in life is doing that at some point. And so everybody is doing the best that they can. And they are, and we are just hurting each other, including me. He also showed me how I was doing the best that I could. And I also hurt people. So if everybody read my book and if everybody from one page felt better than what they were doing when they were before they picked my book up, they in turn would treat people better. And they in turn would be giving a hug around the world of us all treating each other better, of us all lifting each other up. And that would also in turn giving me, my inner child, the girl who got molested, be giving her the hug that she needed so desperately. And so it's just like, it will be a ripple effect of love around the world by everybody feeling better and by everybody doing better. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. So it was like those times that I feel like, does anybody want to hear my message? And it's just like, yeah, if one person hears my message and one person buys it and one person does it, it will create that ripple effect that it's supposed to. You know, I like what you said, you know, they were doing the best that they could. Mm -hmm. Your abuser, you know, when I think, you know, I was abused by my father, um, Mm -hmm. my biological father. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you you also talked about forgiveness a little bit of a little bit ago, you know, it took me forever to want to forgive. Like I'm like, if I don't want to, I don't want him to get off the hook if I if I forgive him. Uh, and what I really learned was forgiveness. It can mean so many different things to so many different people. And you know, for me to get to that point, um, I talk about this in the past, but I, I did psychedelic integrative therapy with MDMA. And in my first experience, I saw my dad in as a child, you know, in his childhood being abused by his by by his father and members mm-hmm. of his, you know, um in his circle. And I I could not be mad. Like I I was you know, obviously I hate what he had done to me, but just seeing that I felt this compassion like okay, this wasn't what he did wasn't to hurt me. He just didn't know any better and he was doing the best he could. And you know, for the longest time before that, I was like, he should have known better. He should have known better. But we really don't know what's going on, like what what people's past have, has, you know, looks like. And, and that's exactly what I was able to understand as forgiveness is just being able to understand what had happened and not be angry about it anymore. Because that anger is that's 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 negative energy that you're holding where, you know, you see other people that way. And so once I was, that was able to be lifted, it really changed everything in my perspective on life 
in everything that, that I did. And so I love that you said, you know, he did the best he could. A lot of people can't really say that. It's really hard for them to say that because it's just, it. some people do feel like I'm just letting these people off the hook if I say that because they should have known better. From my perspective, they should have known better. Um, so thank you for, for sharing that. You know, your, your, your book, I Feel Better Already, it's not like a regular book. It's not like a regular memoir. You do give a... A formula of how to move forward. And I, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and why that was so important. Oh, Keisha, are you there? Keisha? You hear me? You hear me? Uh, I can, now I can hear you just fine. Yes. Oh, okay. So maybe I have to touch. Okay. So um, I particularly like to talk about it around the perspective of, of forgiving the abuser. Well, because it takes, it takes time. And I think that a lot of the time, like with the whole forgiveness thing, well, I'll, I'll talk about it. So I'll take apart from the perspective of forgiving the abuser for me and what it took, you know, how I applied my book to help me forgive him. So the first step of the feel better formula and to heal from anything is acceptance. You have to accept where you are and you have to accept what has happened to you. A lot of times you don't um, think that in particularly like with my case, that was, it was five. And so it was like, and I was five and not only was I five, I talked about it. I talked about it with the first person I told was my ex-husband. And then after that, I went to therapy. And in therapy, I talked about it. So it's not like it's not something that I addressed. And I talked about it when I was freaking 20. So it's like, oh, I've already mm. talked about that. That's already done. It was not until I was 45 years old that I realized that this incident that happened when I was five caused a ripple in my life. I had to accept that I chose to think these things in my thoughts. I chose to keep this man's um, spirit active in my mind and heart. I chose this. And, and you have to accept that. You have to accept everything about the situation. If it's not, if it's about molestation, you have to accept that it happened. You have to um, accept what the consequences of, you know, that what this man's or this woman's actions are to you. You have to accept that. If it's a breakup, you have to accept. Yes, it's true. I don't get the love that I need from this person. I don't love this person the same way. Whatever the situation is, if it's money, whatever the situation it is, you have to accept what it is. Accept reality. Own your shit. Accept it. Mm -hmm. And it's a hard thing to accept because we can live in denial for the longest time. And denial is comfortable. Blame, blaming somebody else is comfortable. It's comfortable and it feels safe because that's all that we've done for the longest time. But in order to move on and do better, you have to accept where you are first. And after you accept it, then you make a decision about what you're going to do. And sometimes making a decision, not making a decision is a decision because, you know, like we talk about what's safe and what, what feels good and all the different things about I'm going to forgive and not going to let them get off the hook. You can decide that. Sure. That can be your decision. And that's fine if that's your choice. But if you've been doing that for 50 years and you're still in the same spot, try something different. It, and it wouldn't hurt just for you to try it. If you try it and it doesn't feel good, that's one thing. But making a decision to, to go forward, go back, or stay in the same space. It is your decision. It is your consequence. And, and it's like it's the thing about social media is it's like 
everybody has these, you know, 15 second reels about you forgive them this and don't forgive them that. Everybody has on their perspective, but it's not until you only go through your own stuff that you can make a decision that's best for you. You can only make the best decision for you. And I'm sharing what my best decision was for me, for my feel better formula. And I am like light years away from where I was. But that decision, once you do make that decision, you have to also recognize that it's not always going to be flowers and candy. (laughs) So it's just (laughs) like, I'm deciding to go forward and I'm going to be better in this space. And it's a decision that you make. And so it's just like, okay, after you make that decision, then you have to release all pain, blame, guilt, shame, bitterness, resentment, all those emotions that come with um, making that decision and making a decision to forgive an abuser. You have to, that shame comes up. Shame came up for me about, you know, releasing this man. Shame about that. I'm freaking 50. There's no reason for me to go back and forward, you know, with that same thought. But I had to release that thing that, yeah, that thought is going to come back. And it's okay that it's just a thought and I'm going to choose to think something else. So I had to release that shame that I had for myself. And part of the release and shame is forgiving yourself. You know, it's forgiving another person, you know, letting go of all the resentment and all the the little lies that you tell yourself that that, you know, the enemy tries to get you to believe so that you can stay stuck in the same space so that you can stay stuck in um, in fear and fear and inferiority. It's, it's, a, it's a really bad thing, but you have to release all that stuff. And that takes a while, too. And then after you release all that stuff. But you have to release it in order to build up confidence. And the fourth step is to build up confidence. And when you build up confidence, that's when you have a great support system. You have um, different places that you're um, getting your different light and support and kind words from. Mine, my source is God. I I love God and I've, I've gotten a better connection with God. And I do include God a lot in my book and how um, he's guided me through and and just also people, people can, and, and God works through people. You can have great teachers that help build up your confidence. You can have people like you that have great podcasts that are transformative and, and very sharing. You can just do so many different things to build up your confidence, but you have to have all that other stuff released. So you have a place to put the confidence. Cause if you're building up your confidence and you still got all the shame, the shame is going to talk a lot louder than the confidence. So it's important that you release this stuff first. Oh, and then that fifth step is, <laughs> that fifth step is the most powerful though is that after you build that confidence up you have to fight to keep it because it's one thing that you see this is like oh i feel so much better yay and it's just like and like i was talking about the levels it's levels to it because like once you feel like you've healed from something you feel like you're done yeah and it's really not and it's just like you have to fight to keep it and then recognize it. I'm so sorry about my dog. <laughs> no you have to recognize that you have to, to fight to keep that confidence and know that it's okay, but it's going to be an ongoing fight. You didn't get healed instantly. You're not, your confidence is not going to stay instantly. And then also just recognizing that it's okay and it's worth the fight. You are worth the fight. You are worth every kind word that you put into yourself. You are worth every um, podcast that you have to listen to, every teaching you hear. Everything that you do to keep that that wonderful confidence that you built up, you are worth fighting to keep it. So those are the five steps. And it's in each step is equally as important as the other. 
But it's just it's so awesome. I just love it. And I love my book. It's filled with great quotes from different people. It's filled with great quotes from me. It's filled with the great scriptures. And I and I explain the scriptures about from my perspective. Everything is from my perspective. It's not like, you know, like a Bible teacher or something, but it's from my personal perspective as a trauma survivor. And it's also and I have tips on how you can incorporate it in your life. And then I have a prayer of, to, to lift people up and just make people feel better. It's just like, ah. <laughs> and then my, one of the most important things to me that I have in there is the walk it like I talk it section where for each day I explain to you how my life was impacted when I lived each day. I talk about um, the toxic relationship that I had with my ex-husband. I talk about suicidal thoughts. I talk about dating. <laughs> and I talk about every different thing about how when I applied these different, when I went through each day, it's a five-week process, it's 30 days. And it's just like, when I went through each day, this is what happened to me. And there's like different meditations that they, you know, I guide people through different visualizations. And when I did these things, and when I wrote about my gratitude, when I did this, this is what happened. And it's just like a beautiful thing, you know, to have somebody share their experiences. Like, hey, you experienced that too? You thought that too? It's just like, I feel like it's it's a great thing to let, let people feel seen. This is like, hey, I've been there and done this thing. So you're going to be okay, you know? And that is not just like a bunch of words that I put on a piece of paper. It's something that I experienced. So I'm really excited about it. And I really do feel like it's going to change some people's lives. Well, I think that's the beauty about being a survivor um, mm -hmm. is that you create a formula that's worked for you and you're sharing that with people who it may work with. Um, yes. You know, for me, it was very much, you know, I'm a huge advocate for psychedelic assisted therapy because that really just turned my life around. Um, but, you know, this podcast has also helped me heal and share mm. other people's story stories because everyone has found healing in different ways. And I think that is, that's amazing to share. So people can get an idea like, oh, that may work for me. That may, you know, and I think, you know, I, I think what you're doing is so amazing and so brave. Uh, you know, there's just so much work to be done as survivors. And I think this is um, a healing step uh, for, you know, purpose. It's, it's, there's so much there. Um, is there anything that you would like to share? Anything else um, you'd like to add? Um, no, I want the biggest thing I wanted to share was my why, and um, and I shared about the book, and and I would like to share that. Um, but I think I also shared about um, you know just ha having courage, and when you feel like you step, you've taken two steps back, because it's easy, mm -hmm. like when you go. You know, when you're in a healing journey and particularly when you survive trauma. And that's what I also talk about in the book, because and the other reason that I wrote this book is because so many different books that I've read is like they've been written by people who didn't have a whole lot of hurt in their lives. And we as trauma survivors, we see um, life through a lens of pain. And it's just like this underlying thing in the back of your head not me. This is not for me. I'm not, you know, I can say, you know, like one of the big affirmations that people say is um, I'm enough. And it's just like, I'm not enough. Not really. And it's just like, we as trauma survivors have that negative story in the back of our head mm -hmm. nine times out of 10. And I write from this perspective. It's just like, because you need as a trauma survivor a little bit, like when people are climbing up a ladder, you need that little strength to crawl just to get on the ladder. 
before you can climb up it. And so that's what my book can help you do. It is written from that perspective, some, from somebody that has been there and has done it and has struggled so much. Mm, yeah. You know, it reminds me of this meme that I saw. Um, maybe it was on LinkedIn where there was someone walking up steps and it was talking about, you know, you know, short term goals that will help you reach your, 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 your main goal. And then there was another person who, you know, was dreaming big, which is amazing, but there's also steps to take, but it was a ladder and the rung was too high for them to reach. And so it's, that's, that's just something that I, I loved whenever I saw it. And I was like, Oh, that, that's amazing. It's just, it's baby steps. It's baby steps. And sometimes it's a couple steps back and then you just get, you just keep moving. Um, cause recovery is an ongoing process. It's, it's, it's nonlinear. Um, and I know that sometimes I know for me, at least in the beginning, every time I, I, I there was a setback, I'm like, Oh, I completely failed. I completely failed. I give up. Um, and it took a lot for me to Hello. get past that. Hello. Can you hear me? Are you there? Hello. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Keisha? My apologies for the technical difficulties. That was Keisha Chanel, Abundant Life Coach, specializing in trauma recovery, co-author of the best-selling book, Cry, Forgive, Learn, Move On, and the author of the upcoming book, I Feel Better Already, which is out March 3rd, 2023. For more information on Keisha, you can click on that scrolling fortune cookie in the middle of your screen or go ahead and look in the show notes. Also, February's issue of Authentic Insider is out, which Keisha contributed to in August of 20. 2021. I'll go ahead and put that link also in the show notes. Check out Authentic Insider at traumasurvivorthriver.com where you can find the past issues. That's traumasurvivorthriver.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe to my email list to get Authentic Insider magazine in your inbox monthly. Thank you for joining me today. Join me live next week, February 8th, when I speak with Jenny Rochelle relationship expert and life coach. We will be discussing betrayal, trauma, and so much more. You've been listening to a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast on Fireside. I'm Lori Lee Binstock. Again, thank you for being a part of the conversation. Take care.